1: Welcome to episode 47 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen of Emo.com. Thank you for listening. This episode is sponsored by Epitaph Records, and the new release from The World is a Beautiful Place, and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. The record is called Harmlessness on Epitaph Records. The band is The World's a Beautiful Place, and I am No Longer Afraid to Die. Check it out on Epitaph Records. Thank you for being our sponsor. This episode, Frank Turner again. Uh... He has a new record, Positive Songs for Negative People. He played three nights at Irving. And I saw him post about new metal. And I said, we gotta talk about new metal. So we go into our little cheesy history and hope you enjoy.
2: so something to do with music. Whatever. This has never happened for Well, are we talking about New Metal today? Yes. I oh, wow. I thought that would be fucking awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> is this full washed-up emo? And then,
1: yes. Of course it is.
2: Oh, fuck yeah. Now, you are not. No, you know you're not You're not emo, right? You know that. I, I've seen the, the, the website. <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know. Quite, I don't quite know how to feel about that. Why? Um, do, you want it, do you want to change the ruling? Um, um, can I challenge it? You can challenge the ruling. Well, I'll tell you what, can I do something else first, which is that um, the, we, don't, we do full band covers very rarely. The covers that I do is pretty much always just me doing it. But the last full band cover we did was Somebody to Love, but um, I recently announced that we're going to do a cover of Parking Lot. Get out. As a band. Are you going to record it? Probably, yeah. Actually, that's it. we did a Weekend Dance cover as well. So much love in the Weekend Dance. Which we're going to play from a cat and But I want to do a cover of Parking Lot. And, uh... Yeah.
1: Can
2: I just do the I saw them in LA the other day. It's fucking great. I've seen it four times now since I got back I together.
1: flew into LA on Friday, so I missed it by a day.
2: Yeah, with Hum, who I'd never heard of.
1: Get
2: out. No, you know how to drag the river. True. <laughs> I
1: mean, no, Did no, you don't know Hum. Didn't play it? Um, you know what on the RCA drive RCA records didn't do anything? On the, the drive
2: to the um to the show, my buddy Chris. Do you know Chris Chivarro? Yes. Uh, yeah, Chris played me a bunch of hum songs in the car And aside so from agreeing that it was the, the most 90s thing I'd ever heard in my life It didn't really do mess for me I thought, it? Morning Hello, what's up, Emo? Welcome back Or Tom, to your friends Hello <laughs> um, The last time, for anyone listening to this who doesn't know this The last time that we did this, we overran our uh, time slot by like an hour we did um, because I was so excited to talk about all the music <laughs> we were talking about because I look at I'm going straight into this because I consider a lot of the sort of emo stuff that you've been covering to be a huge influence of both on my life and on the music that I make and, and it's rare that anybody kind of spots that not that it's something that I'm trying to hide but you know as I'm sure I said then I really feel quite strongly that the way that I sing is trying to sound like Chris Simpson is some kind of formative part of my brain you know and um it's a huge part of it. and the get-up kids, I still just basically play chords that get-up kids would play. Um, so yeah, so that's a big deal. But now you ask me back.:
1: I asked you back because you were talking about new metal, and everybody's got a new metal face.
2: I, yeah, well, okay, here's the thing. On the last podcast, I revealed a, a part of my musical history, which I was proud to bring into the light. What we're dealing with now is a part of my musical history that I'm perhaps not proud to bring into the light.
1: But it's interesting that people <coughs> mention emo like that. They're like, oh, when I was this, and then I'm not anymore, <laughs> but the, but this is ours.
2: Yeah, yeah, but the, see, the thing is, they're wrong about emo, but they're probably right about email. Let me Let me kick this off with a, with a story, which will blow your mind. I've, I've got a friend called Chris who I grew up with, he's, he's my oldest friend of mine since I was three, and he and I, you know, we got into Maiden together, and then like Priest and Metallica and Slayer and stuff, and... You know, we were of a certain age. We were 13 in 1995, kind of thing. Um, anyway, uh, many years passed. We're still friends now. And I was at a party at this house, and somebody announced they are putting on a Head Pee record, right? And I was like, I don't fucking know any Head Pee songs. And they put the record on, and in it, what was kind of a little bit like having a recovered memory kind of moment, yes. I knew all the words to the first album by Head And I have no memory of ever listening to Head Prior to this,
1: what was it on? Was it on it was the radio on it? too much? No, no. He
2: just, he just put. No, I must have owned it at some point, and I've now blacked Headby out of my life. Um, Head Planet Earth, to give them their full name. Yes. Anyway, so to it turns correct. out to be correct. It turns out I do have a new metal phase in my life, but I'm not over the moon about it. So
1: what years was this?
2: This was well. I would like to, to throw in a, a, a kind of hipster vote for having been quite in on the beginning of. It. A new Metal Because I remember like, so We were listening to like, Nirvana And we were listening to Pantera and Slayer. This me and Chris And um, our buddy Toby as well Who's actually in New York Right now mm-hmm. enough. Anyway uh, And I remember Chris somehow Got an advanced copy Of the first Korn album Before it was properly Released in the UK I think it was out over here But it wasn't He got in on import Basically And this would have been Like 94, 95 Somewhere around there so we That's were, right Tommy The kid yeah. that
1: I went to school with He ran a <coughs> shitty zine he had a promo of it right same, yeah surprise, so probably the same, same yeah thing. and i
2: remember chris sort of saying i have got this really weird album that we should listen to and it's a funny thing because i feel like in retrospect that album has been much maligned by history not least by the later history of the same band um because again sorry i'm jumping around time-wise here but like me and me and my buddy jamie were many uh, early south this would be 2006 so like already a long time later. We were kind of driving around and um, uh, we, were in, we were in like a gas station and there was a copy of the first call of like a pound on CD and we were like, you know, hilarious, let's get that. And we put it on and it was like, fuck me, this record is good. And, and I maintain that the first call record is good. It's dark as fuck. It's really odd. It's really uncommercial. And um, in fact, all of this kicked off with that. It was a Vice article, I think, that was basically, and the great line that I thought was the idea that if... Corn had come up in a slightly different musical context they would be viewed as like Jesus Lizard or something like that or Faith that. No More or something yeah but, it, but I mean they're weirder than Faith No More to me like they, they, I think Jesus Lizard is a really good shout actually that first record has a fair amount of Jesus Lizard vibe to it in the sense it's just it's kind of uncomfortable it's got a weird kind of slinky sleazy kind of funk vibe heavy. and it's heavy as fuck but it's, it's heavy it in a sounds really, good it's heavy in an unconventional way it hasn't they hadn't yet got what, what I think the biggest crime of kind of the sort of new metal slash later pop emo crime was the 5150 fifty P V sound which is that kind of like that kind of peanut butter everyone
1: had a friend that got it and they fucking read it and I was like you're just noise yeah
2: well it's just it's a kind of like it's a fucking Casio keyboard electric guitar preset fucking sound and I hate it and um and it doesn't have that at all and the bass sounds fucking weird and there's all these kind of really odd guitar lines in it and stuff and and uh, and the production's really kind of raw and live and uncomfortable and some of the vog- some of the lyrics are pretty cringeworthy now but some of them are pretty fucking intense you know um, so that
1: was the first one
2: that was the first new metal record that I got yeah and then at the same and at the same time i mean this isn't and i know that the uk was kind of a, about 6 months to a year behind the us on all this stuff but like and this being pre-internet, there was no Im- int- international immediacy. Yeah, It was kind of, it was just a dumb thing. If you got the first call record, you got the first Death times record. So yes. we had Adrenaline as well, which I still listen to now and still think is a great album. Yes. Um, this is where the shit gets dodgier though, because the next band that came along in terms of, and this is not just for me, this is for all metal kids in the UK, the next band down the pipeline was Cold Chamber. Wow. Who were Now just-
1: guys, I'm writing all these down because I haven't thought of them. In years. The Chamber I, was I, fucking. I terrible. played that record. I was a metal director at my college station. Right. So if anyone doesn't know that, I was a metal director. So I got all the shitty metal,
2: black metal, everything. Please tell me that you have a business guzzle with director of metal written on it, because if you don't, you need to make one. <laughs> or even just a t shirt with director of metal written on it. And this whole thing. Anyway. No, it was a, uh I mean, I when I. My
1: first meeting with, like, uh, my first meeting with label reps, they were all looking for a guy in a trench coat and uh, black hair, because that's right. what I played. I was in an Earth Crisis Windbreaker and x
2: up. Amazing. You know, we played in Syracuse the other day, and I was sound checking with all the Earth Crisis reps I can remember, which turns out to be quite a few. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Cold Chamber was kind of yeah, like.
1: Yeah, that was. that. Well, I thought that almost came from the UK even though... Weren't they US-based? Yeah, they're from the LA bands, But they yeah. got big?
2: Yeah, well, as is a well-trodden path for many bands, historically. I mean, they yeah. got big in the UK before they got big in the US. But, like, I mean, I just I just remember that... I remember... I was into it at the time, but in retrospect, that was kind of the moment where things started getting a little bit iffy to me. Like, just the kind of silly, kind of dreads along the front of the head haircut, which... And the thing is, if I don't admit this on this, I'm going to get... E- you're going to get emails from people I grew up with. Um... Yes, I briefly had a Des Fafra style haircut where I had a shaved head and I had a line of hair across the front which I'd made into shit dreadlocks. It is the worst sartorial decision. 96, probably? 96. Um, The worst sartorial decision I've ever made ever, and I'm not proud of it, and there are one or two photos and I'm embarrassed by their existence. I wore Jenkins. Remember when baggy jeans was like the height of everything? And yeah, fuck. And like. You can't even put a finger in between my jeans now. I mean, it's so sad. Yours too. I've been trying to put my fingers in your jeans for a long time. Tom. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. But yeah, there was that. So I remember that came out. Why do Deftones get, get a pass? Because, okay, here's my theory on this. The Deftones are the Radiohead of New, new Metal. Okay. By which I mean Radiohead were kind of associated with Britpop. And you can on the first couple of records, you can kind of see why, even though it's still not a 100% fit... But then they just blossomed into something completely unrelated And rose above where they came out of And I feel the same way about The Deaf Times By time, I mean, Around the Fur is a monster of an album By the time you get to White Pony They've got nothing to do with new metal, essentially, anymore They're essentially They're kind of like the cross-stream Tool And the past minor by that point, you know what I mean? And yeah. and and the whole the whole like Adidas track, Susan And then, you know, I mean Limp Bizkit Who I never liked, by the way For the record, I never liked Limp Bizkit Fuck that, man What did
1: the UK think of them?
2: They're still big in the UK it, 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 yeah, I know. You know what, my friend Derek. Shuddered. You know Derek from Fake Problems, Derek Perry. Yeah, yeah. Derek uses this as his argument with with winner with me every time we're arguing about anything. He goes, "Yeah, but you come from a country where them biscuits are still big," and I have to concede that he's right. Um, when was busted? When was oh, that? that was later. Because, that was later. Well, uh, I'm it. jumping ahead. of No, sorry. you are jumping ahead because. <laughs> Ben Dawson, who is the drummer in Millionaire and is the drummer in Mongrel uh was briefly auditioned to be the drummer in Busted and didn't get the role. And the reason he was auditioned is because Julia, who played bass in Millionaire, used to work for Universal. And so she was like their press girl or whatever, um, briefly. And then, so yeah, they were like looking for a punk looking drummer. She auditioned Ben because she was already playing Millionaire at the time, and he got rejected for being too punk so and that is something that Ben <laughs> has to still have in his CV. too punk for busted I mean it's not exactly setting the bar high it's not setting it high but, but it's true um, then, but okay so then the other thing that I that I feel slightly doesn't quite fit in history metal was, was Marilyn Manson and I maintain that um, Antichrist Superstar is a fucking good album actually you know what I was about to say I was ashamed of all this fuck that man there were some bad bands in there but there were some really good bands too
1: I had to interview a few bad ones. Um, Spine Shank, do you remember that? Ooh,
2: well, okay, that's the thing. You're now talking about like second wave because yeah, you yeah know, Static yeah. X and like fucking. Um, Where does Pod land? Oh, definitely second wave. Jesus, if not third, Christ, awful shit.
1: I remember Marilyn Manson. I saw them in North Carolina, and we were driving because Helmet opened, and I wanted to see mm. Helmet. People threw Bibles at our car.
2: When we were driving <laughs> in. We used to read about that shit in the UK in Kerrang magazine, and that's why when I got my first religious picket in Norfolk, Virginia, last year, when there were two slightly defeated-looking guys with a loudspeaker, going Frank Turner is Antichrist outside my show, I really felt like I'd come of age, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like looks and looks down on you and says, oh, well, "Yeah." Antichrist superstar is still a fucking good album, and like you know, irresponsible hate anthem is fucking is still a confrontational song, and that's what it set out to be. It's basically a Nine Inch Nails record with Brian Warner and vocals. Man. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. He gives a shit. Uh, what other shitty ones? I'm
1: trying to think of like other
2: deep ones. Cold. Do you remember Cold? Saying it Cold? had no yes. eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them play the Wedge of Room in Portsmouth. They're terrible. Uh, yeah, Static X. You know what I love about Static X? His Is that hair? right? No, well, no. Was Wait, it? Didn't he die? No, no, no. The the guitarist got busted. He got arrested for fucking a fifteen year old. Hold on. This is all allegedly. Um, no, except I'm not sure it is. But anyway, it is for the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> allegedly, he got busted fucking a 15 year old, and he was pretending to be an impersonator of himself on what? various web forums. He was like, "I'm a dude who looks just like the guitar player from Static X." But he was. But he actually was guitar Static X, and he was lying like a 15 year old girl and statutory rape, obviously. And he went down for it. But what I love particularly is they then hired the dude who was in the band originally, who they kicked out, to hire the new guy. Imagine how much power that guy wielded in the band <laughs> after that. He was like, what are we gonna play tonight guys? We're we gonna play that one. Oh no, that's one of the songs you wrote with the Pedophile you kicked me out of the band for. <laughs> you know, that guy's gonna be just like, oh fuck you dude. He's got so, he's that guy's like he's unassailable in the band at that point.
1: Did Ozfest come over?
2: Uh yeah though. was that later? Was that I it was a little later, I think. I mean well cause that's the other thing is cause there was still there was still metal happening when you metal. Went on, and there was this kind of weird, kind of crossover kind of bit. You know, Pantera, a band who had remained one of my all time favourite bands, who were never really affected by it. Machine Head, whose first record I still think is brilliant.
1: Love that.
2: Yeah, but what about the fucking Adidas tracksuit rapping new metal phase of Machine Head that was awful?
1: First two,
2: yeah, their third record, where he put on a fucking tracksuit and started rapping, and it was awful. But then, weirdly, Roots, which by Sopatura, which at the time was castigated as being like a new metal sellout. Go back and listen to that record It of n- sounds great It's got nothing to do with new metal at all For a start It's produced by Ross Robinson And that's it And secondly It's the best thing self ever did Hands fucking down
1: Sometimes I say Let freedom ring with a shotgun blast And I realise that no one knows About
2: i song I'm, You know what I can I. You get me an electric star I'll play that entire fucking song Right now Davidian Although it, I remember it was only years later That I figured out Why the song was called Davidian It was like Oh Oh Okay, okay. I never knew Well the brand's Davidians Waco yeah, burn my face to the concrete but yeah so there was that weird there was, uh, cause there was, was so you, are you doing a check
1: with Davidian tonight?
2: Uh, well unfortunately the checks were done but tomorrow night yeah fuck yeah <laughs> absolutely um, but yeah and I just it sort of all started getting a little kind of um, I'm trying to think your yeah, head pee were pretty awful you know P.O.D. were a Christian band yes payable on death fuck off <laughs> And then, well it's interesting you mentioned Helmet as well because Helmet and Faith and More are generally sort of You like tarred with a brush of being the two bands that slightly kind of are responsible. And then prong, yeah, prongs. uh, What is it? Snap your fingers, snap Snap your your neck. neck. That was a good song. I'm not sure I ever heard anything. They were that sort of
1: start-stop stuff. But that was that was '92. That was yeah. That was
2: proto-new metal. Yeah, but it's weird. Like I mean, it's kind of I'm not sure whether Helmet deserved that.
1: Were we? This is a question just because of age. Because the bands you reference, we have sort of the same track. Because it kind of went metal. New metal po- Hardcore We kind of kind of went In that track Was it just because It was those years And this That is That is this year's Five seconds of summer Or God knows what <laughs> I'm just trying, Like yeah, yeah. What is it because yeah. That was our age And that corn record came But I still feel like You could play that now And it would still be big
2: Yeah yeah yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. Like, I th- what, I, what That's the kind of thing I like about that first film record is that it's kind of bizarre that it was as successful as it was listening to it now. Why
1: was, was it six minutes? Was it, five? it was yeah, like a yeah. long song. And
2: it's it's so unradio friendly. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it is a functional age. I mean, for me personally, the thing was, uh, concurrently, with I was already into metal when new metal happened. And I'd also, as I was getting into metal, I was also getting into NoFX, Offspring, Green Day. Kind of thing, and the two ran parallel for a time, and then somewhere in the middle of all of it, actually, ah, oh, well, okay, here we go. We can link this all in because remember Fear Factory?
1: Yeah, hell yeah.
2: de Rema- Demanufacture because there was the Remanufacture was the remix album, right? Um, I had I had Demanufacture, and which always had that. The bit that always made me laugh was that um, with that bit where he goes ha on one of the songs, which they is just like they were fucking it? great. They were they were pretty good. With Cl- Dino Cl- D- Dino Cazares and Cliff no button Burton uh, Burton C. Bell. Burton C. Bell. Bell. That was his name. Um, yeah, they, that record was heavy, and I kind of liked how industrial it was, because I've always had a bit of a taste for, like, the Skinny Puppy end of the, and I used to send and kind of thing. There was a vibe of that, but they, they covered um, Your Mistake by Agnostic Front, and that was the first hardcore song I ever heard. Really? And it the was, Fear
1: Factory cover?
2: Yeah, the Fear Factory. Well, because basically, again, pre-internet, like, um someone somewhere told me that I should check out Hardcore because I liked punk and I liked metal and Hardcore was 50-50 of each which obviously isn't strictly true but still um, Close enough? Yeah close enough and, and, I, and I kind of oh yeah I had like I had like a Biohazard I had State of the World Address by Biohazard which I, I
1: like that record I, I still like it really? I have a friend and I we can still play it in the car and no one says a word
2: Okay, I'm, I'm, I was never that taken with it because it was a little bit too kind of New, new York for my, for my t- English taste. Um, I mean, I kind of respect my as a bit, it was a bit weird for me. But, um, but yeah, I heard that Agnostic Front cover and then I went to see Agnostic Front in the 18th of December 1997, Hybrid Garage, which was a huge deal. But then the other, the other one was um, sick of it all uh, because I remember there was this TV show in the UK, check this shit out, called Noisy Mothers, and there was only five channels in the UK at the time. Right, and Which
1: one was this, on? this
2: was on? Well, there was a show called Noisy Mothers. It was on, I think it was on like Channel 4, but it was on at 3 a.m. on like a Wednesday. But this was back in the day when you had VHSs where you typed in like this 12-digit code and it automatically stopped and started recording at the time. And in the TV listings, there would be a number underneath yeah, the shows. Yeah. yeah, so I used to time code um, Noisy Mothers. And one time they showed the video for Scratch the Surface and I loved it. And I think all still like it pew, way up there for Yeah, me. yeah this is now very loud we are in New York Beans on Toast to started playing New Metal is funny because it like it got taken over by um, money essentially and it got it's almost it's, it's, a, it's an example of the major labels fucking a genre almost so ridiculously like so over the top, how bad it went. If you look, listen to the first one album and then look at photos on like on their third record, it's just like, what the fuck happened to this band, man? Yeah, they're just
1: throwing paint at them. Yeah,
2: and it just, and then you know, like chocolate starfish, really, like, you know, if you would go from really quite dark, fucked up records about alienation to a song called chocolate starfish, yeah, some, yeah. something happened in the interim that wasn't good. But I'll still, I still, I still put on a core music record every now and again.
1: I know, and look, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been, Yes, it's a, it's a phase, and we went through it, and we we're able to talk about. it. Yes,
2: about it. high five. Cool. <laughs> Sweet start. Who are you?
1: that was a lot of fun I have to admit that was super super rad to have Frank on and uh, talking about and admitting that we both listen to new Metal and we're able to talk about it so uh, thank you to Frank Turner Uh, his album is called Positive Songs for Negative People it came out uh, recently and uh, you should check it out and also I want to thank our sponsor Epitaph Records You Make This Possible Uh, it's sponsored by the band The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die and the album is called Harmlessness. I think this is the first time that those words were said over corn. Maybe. Maybe. I could be wrong. Thank you for listening. Uh, reach out to me, washedupemo.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. It's all there for you to remember the past. So reach out, be in touch, and I'll see you next time.